1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. This episode is dedicated to all the single parents out there who I admire beyond what I can possibly share. I am extremely lucky not just to have a partner, but one who pitches in a lot. But parents end up single parents for so many reasons, and life never turns out. The way we expect it. And sometimes that means single parenthood. Some parents have shared custody and some have their kids 100% of the time on their own and with no financial support, and that runs the gamut everywhere in between. Single parents have extra challenges that dual parent households don't. Of course, there are some dual parent households where one is basically a single parent and everyone has their own challenges. But for the most part, we all know that single parents really have it tough. But I think of my poor husband. He was basically a single parent for almost a month while I recovered from my surgery. A single parent with a recovering wife that he also had to bring dinner in bed and water and ice and on and on. I tried not to be too demanding and tried to ask only for what I really needed and all in one request, but I saw how worn out he got. And that was only one month, not month after month for years on end. So I'm going to discuss a couple of areas that while they do pertain to everyone and where everyone can benefit, these are some areas where single parents tend to have more challenges. The first area is support and self-care, and the second is around setting and holding boundaries with kids. So first, I'll discuss support and self-care. This means getting some help when and where you need it. It's no surprise that in most instances, single parents will have a bigger challenge with this. It's 8 p.m. and you're tired after doing everything for everyone all day and probably working a full day as well. You have to get the kids to bed by yourself, clean up the kitchen by yourself, and prep for the next day all by yourself. Day after day, week after week, depending on your situation. Some may have shared custody, which offers a little respite, but others do not. It's a tough row. So what do you do? How do you take care of these growing people and also yourself? A lot of times we don't. We take care of our little people and we take the back burner again and again and again. We are so busy keeping all the balls in the air. If we stop for a second to pick one up, like taking care of ourselves, we're afraid we'll drop them all. So I'm going to go off on a small but very related tangent right here. And I've shared a little bit about this before, but when I worked for Disney, I took a class called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes, it's based on the book by Stephen Covey. This was working through all those steps, but in a workshop fashion, and I can honestly say that it changed my life. So many of the steps fit this scenario, but one of them, the last one, of course, And you work through them in numerical order. But step seven is sharpening the saw. And it's critical. You have to sharpen your saw. You have to take care of you. You are your saw when it comes to raising your family. If your saw is dull, you won't be nearly as effective. You end up working harder and harder for the same result. And eventually, the saw will break if it isn't taken care of. Okay, great advice, Erin. That's awesome. But how? That's where the previous steps come in, of course, is getting everything aligned to be able to make time for yourself for sharpening your saw. How do you manage to pick up another ball when you barely can keep all your current ones in the air and perhaps you're even sometimes dropping a few of them? There is no magic, but you need to carve out a little time somewhere for this process. Waiting at the doctor's office, a dance practice sometime, anytime you can fit it in and start brainstorming how you can get extra support. If you can pay for it, great. Even a mother's helper, a neighborhood tween or teen, they could come in once a week, every Sunday or something for a few hours to help prep meals, fold laundry, and maybe even stay with the kids for an hour or two so you can run some errands alone. I love errands alone. It's such a treat. And generally, these mother's helpers, especially 12-, 13-year-old, 14-year-old girls, don't charge a whole lot to come in and help do this. It's their first job, they're getting some experience and they're helping you out and they're building a reference. If you can't bring anyone or there's anything you can do to trade with neighbors, schoolmates or teammates' parents with drop-offs, pickups or after school or weekends for just a few hours, go for that. If you can trade pickups after school two days a week, then that's two days a week you might be able to free up a few hours to get some things done or make a plan for your next week, whatever you need it for. Or if you're working full days and you don't need that, maybe you can trade out a couple hours every other weekend with another neighborhood parent or school parent. You know, I had to do this. Even in my situation, my twin swim practice and my oldest swim practice all started at the same time, but 15 minutes apart from each other in driving time. So I was able to get a friend whose son was also on the team to pick up my oldest and take him since we were on their way to the pool. That was a lifesaver. Otherwise, I was dropping off my oldest early and running across town and taking my two younger ones, and they were always late. It was hectic. So getting some help from your community in any way you can is key and can really cut down on stress. If you have any relatives close by that you can count on, that's a huge blessing. Now, I don't know many who do, but if you do, take advantage of that. If aunt or grandma will take the kids once a week for a few hours, take that opportunity. Now, my whole family lives in Colorado, so we don't get that. But when we went there last summer, my sister took our kids for an evening and we went out with a group of my college buddies that was super fun and really helped. But we have to drive to Colorado to get that. But hey, I'll take it when I can get it. So what areas do you really feel you need to start Finding time for taking care of yourself. Do you need stress relief? Do you want to start some exercise? Do you want to do better with nutrition? Heck, even just getting to the doctor. Some appointments are okay, but if you've ever tried to go to the dentist or an annual exam with kids in tow, you know that's just plain torture. Well, more torture than the appointment already is anyway. We need to be able to do these things for ourselves. So make a list of just a few things you need and want to do for yourself, the most pressing things and how much time you need for those and figure out how and when you will get the support to accomplish those. If stress is what you want to work on, can you find 20 minutes before bed for yourself to relax, listen to music, stretch or read, whatever, or go for a walk during a lunch break just to clear your head? Figure out what options are available to you. Write down all of your options, figure them out, and see which ones work best. Now, it's going to take some time, some trial and error, and unfortunately, just when you get everything figured out, something changes. Your mother's helper moves away, or your child graduates to a more advanced team, and the practice time and location changes. It's a never-ending process to navigate and balance. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com/podcast with the code PARENTING for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Also, what can your kids do to help that they aren't already? Where can they pitch in? Kids under six aren't going to be a whole lot of help, and even then it's tough with a lot of them until they're about eight or nine, but figure out how and where your kids can help, especially if you have older ones. I know this can be difficult, and a lot of times it seems easier to just do things ourselves than to nag our kids to do it, but this is where boundaries come in, setting boundaries and sticking with them. I know in many households, but especially in single-parent households, it's just a triumph to get through the day with everyone fed and all in one piece. But boundaries and expectations are part of that sharpening the saw. When our kids understand and respect our boundaries, it frees us up as parents. It frees up our time and our energy. When we have high expectations of our children's behavior and hold them to it, Most of the time, they will rise to meet it. Of course, every child is different. My eight-year-old comes right in from school, empties out his backpack, and gets to work on his homework before he goes out to play. He also gets himself up and dressed every morning, usually even before I do, without any prompting. But he struggles with other stuff, like helping around the house. So for each child, you'll want to ask, what expectations do you want to put in place for that child that you don't have right now? So to follow on the example of my oldest, we felt it was high time that Carter started contributing more to helping out around the house, to helping the household run smoother. We decided that emptying the dishwasher was a very helpful task and a good place to start and something he was very capable of doing. Of course, he complained. It's boring. Can not I do something else? I'll wash the windows. Anything. Windows are all well and good, but windows are a low priority for me. What I do need is to have clean dishes that we can all eat on. So the answer was no, this is not what we need you to do. We coached him and we explained this, that life is full of things we don't want to do, but we do them anyway. That when he's older, he's going to have to wash all his own dishes and a whole lot more. And so he needs to learn to do these things now, little by little, and that he needs to figure out how he's going to do tasks he finds unpleasant without griping, and maybe even just maybe with some gratitude for having the ability to even do it in the first place, for having a dishwasher, for having dishes and food and a healthy body that accomplishes these tasks and so much more. So setting up and maintaining these boundaries gets easier as kids learn that we mean what we say. It may be a pain in the short run, but it makes our lives a lot easier In the long run. And not only that, it will make our kids' lives easier too, because they won't expect the world to cater to them and their every need every time they say, I don't wanna do that, it's boring. So, how do we set and maintain those boundaries with our kids? First and foremost, never lay down a boundary you aren't willing or able to follow through. If you tell your kids they have to turn the TV off in five minutes, say it. And mean it. Don't walk away and talk on the phone for the next 15 minutes and then expect they're going to think you mean five minutes or even any other limit or boundary you set down in the future because you've just shown them your boundaries waiver that they're fluid. If you're cooking dinner and the timer will be going off in three minutes and you know you want that TV off in five minutes for sure, then you can tell them that. When five minutes comes, ask them nicely to turn it off. If they don't, then you set the consequence. Please turn off the TV now and come to the table, or I will turn it off. If you feel you need more weight, you could add, if I turn it off, it won't come back on for the next three days. But again, only say this if you mean it, if it really won't come back on for the next three days. You can't go two days and say, oh, you've been so good, so I guess we could turn it back on tonight. No, if you say three days, it's three days. If they ask on day two, the answer is no. I've had my kids do this to me, I can't tell you how many times. But my answer is to them, if I gave in, if I let you have your way right now, what kind of lesson would that teach you? How would you know that I meant what I say? How would you not think that all you have to do is to ask or beg or plead to get me to change my mind? You wouldn't. So no, the answer is no. I said three days. I meant three days. Don't ask me again. And I get pretty tough with my voice because I mean it. I want them to respect My answer, I said three days, I mean three days, and I will not back down. Now, I've talked in this podcast, and I also talk on the website about setting these consequences as a last resort. Boundary setting can, and more often than not, require setting a consequence. So of course, when your children comply, you want to give them positive feedback for doing so, especially if it's before you had to set a consequence. Thank you for turning the TV off when I asked. That was very helpful, but sometimes we do have to set consequences in order to let our kids know that we mean business when we set down a boundary. So these consequences do have their place. Now if you have a toddler, a good tool for setting boundaries early on, 18 months up to about three, two and a half to three, even up to four, is one, two, three magic. For older children, the class on consequences and also on power struggles have some great tools for setting boundaries and sticking with them. And for older children, I mean four, five, and above, although power struggles can also be helpful with toddlers. So it is a great class for almost any age. You can find these classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Discipline section. Also, if you want your kids to help more around the house and aren't sure what things you'd like them to do, there's a class on chores and allowance under the Modern Parenting section. I cover not only what tasks are good and can be expected at each age, but different ways to navigate the jobs as part of family responsibility versus those jobs they might do for allowance. And there's different ways. And again, I cover different ways of tackling that balance because every family and every child is different. So I like to give options. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.